and welcome to another amazing episode of From the Couch Sports. I am Eric, and with Thanksgiving only a few days away, we're going to get weird with the bird. Kieran Stack, what is the most underrated Thanksgiving dinner menu item? Ooh. See, like, uh, like my personal favorite, I wouldn't say is necessarily underrated, but for me, it's stuffing. And that's your personal favorite and underrated or just... Not that I think it's underrated. I don't know, like... The, the Thanksgivings I had growing up and the Thanksgivings I've had um, since being with Caitlin and, and celebrating with her family as well, there hasn't really been anything that's like super underrated. I will say this though, Caitlin's aunt, shout out Aunt Maggie, makes a bomb, <laughs> bomb taco dip. So I will say that is the most underrated thing of Thanksgiving. So one, one of the apps there. So I, but stu- stuff, I, Stuffing's an OG favorite of mine. I think, so <laughs> I, I did, I don't want to be a stickler. I did say dinner menu items specifically because I think okay. all the apps and all the befores and afters can be so varied and Thanksgiving din- dinner like can be as well. But for the most part, it follows a pretty stringent menu. You're going with, you're going with stuffing. I'm going with stuffing specifically my aunt Patty's cause she puts uh, sausage in it as well, which is fucking amazing. Okay. I'm not a stuffing guy. I don't like the stuffing. Oh, dude. Sausage, no, sausage would be a worthy no, no, inclusion. No stuffing for me either. Sorry. I yeah. Really? You know what? You know what yeah. I would say. I Man. would, and, and no one asked me, but I would because I, I am the mod. But you know, I would say the white meat in turkey. I think the white meat part is really good, and people just don't give it its due. Like I really enjoy it with gravy or just straight up just white meat. Well, it depends turkey. who cooked it and how it's cooked that year. Like not every turkey was made was created equal, but. If it needs it, the gravy is a worthy, you know, addition, I think. I, I don't know. I think, I just, I think gravy I like. might be the winner of this. I feel like gravy is the unsung hero of Thanksgiving. Could be. Mm-mm. No, you don't think? What, Jerome, what do you got? Cranberry sauce. I, from a can, though. From a can. Yeah. Never homemade. Okay. No, yeah. If, if it's not ocean spray and you didn't have to crack it open beforehand, That's right. I don't want it. That's right. You got to you gotta go with someone who brings it in their purse. You know what I mean? <laughs> As a man. Like, it should be, it should be stuffed in, you know, like... Uh, Contraband into a stadium. Okay. Um, and so, Mr. Jerome Peterson, first, I would like to congratulate you on having, on, on, excuse me, on not having participated in the Minnesota Vikings hype pod episode last week, only to have to eat a lot of crow tonight. Um, so congratulations to that. Um, and second, my question to you, sir, is where exactly does Thanksgiving fall on the holiday power rankings? It's a damn good question. Um, Thank you. Thank you for asking that. We ask the hard Um, questions here. We do. It's my feeling that it it's number two. It's number two to Christmas. Firm agree. And here's my reasoning. Okay. Give it to me. Number one. You got football. Okay. Very important. If it's going to be if it's going to be the best holiday, you got to have to have football. Okay. Uh, Great food, which. Thanksgiving always has good food and right? a lot of food and a lot of it, a lot of it. 
dominated. Um, the the thing that gives Christmas the edge is because I get gifts and I also get to give gifts, which, as you both know, I have a lot more fun giving gifts than getting them. Um, that's that that's what for me elevates Christmas above Thanksgiving. But I mean, really fucking neck and neck. You know, I will say this. I like. I like the the weather on Thanksgiving a lot more than than Christmas, mm. because a lot of times and here's why you think, oh, you don't like white people are going to say, oh, you don't like white Christmas. No, I love white Christmas. Here's the problem. As a 36 year old man. I haven't had that many white Christmases. No. There's been a good majority that I can remember mm. that have been wet and, mm-hmm. you know, slightly warm and just like, you know, unsatisfying. For the most part, Thanksgiving is always cool, crisp autumn. Almost every time, maybe rain every once in a while, but you never have to. There's no expectation for good weather. Right. Like you don't right. want a specific weather. I mean, yes, we want, you know, uh, you know, cool, crisp uh, Thanksgiving, but there's no song songs about having a cool, crisp weather at Thanksgiving. There's, there's no a Thanksgiving. lot of songs. <laughs> there's, there's a lot really of roll off the tongue. No, there is there is a there is a Thanksgiving song from Adam Sandler. Uh, uh, lawyered. Lesser um, note. But there's so many songs about, you know, uh, a snowy white Christmas, you know. And so, well, uh, you know, so that's I will reason. say gr- literally growing- a song called White Christmas. Yeah. Girl- yeah. <laughs> and a movie, Winter a Wonderland. Yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. Marshmallow which Wonderland, about, which is also yeah. about sexual assault. You'll be just to be clear, though, at no point in the song does she say no. She implies that she's not exactly happy that it's happening. And that's. It's not a no, but it's definitely not a yes. Let's put let's make this clear. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying, you know, it's the other side of it too. <laughs> no, I being being from Buffalo, I will say I grew up with almost every Christmas being a white Christmas and it's be happy. Yeah, but yours are like scary white Christmases. They're, they, <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is Yeah, you guys just broke a fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'll not even you, Christmas yet. They they broke a record and uh you know, I texted my mom and I was like, oh, I don't I don't know that we can come home for Thanksgiving. And she's like, why? And I was like, oh, you know, because all the exits are closed and driving is illegal there right now. And she's like, she's like, no, nah, our neighbor, the mayor, just drove by my stepdad and asked him if you want anything for the market. So I'm sure you're fine. I was like, the fucking place. They, they drop like six or seven feet of snow and they're just driving like two days later. Buffalo is a whole nother. It, but anyway, white Christmases are vastly overrated. Fuck that shit. Let me move to Arizona and be happy. Um, I too think that Thanksgiving is number two. I do. No. Karen, are you are you on that level? I will say Thanksgiving is number two as well. Um, just to play a little devil's advocate, though, I think the one thing <clears throat> I think that Thanksgiving kind of get, gets a little bit of an edge for. And I will I will say I'm firm it's number two. Christmas is by far in a way number one. Yeah. Run away. Af- the it's the after the holiday that I think Thanksgiving gets the edge. Because day after Thanksgiving, then it's like, all right, cool. Christmas. Let's do this. Day after Christmas, as an adult, I'd say is rough because then it's just be you're counting down the days to Memorial Day at that point. Well, it's it's rough because great, I spent all this money and now I have none for the next 
you know, until the tax season rolls around and hopefully I get some money. There. Right. <laughs> like, when you're, when you're a kid, it's dope. Cause usually yeah. when you're a kid, the day after Christmas is like the day you actually get to play with your toys. Cause like Christmas morning, like you open them up and all that stuff. And then you're usually going off to wherever it is. You guys celebrate Christmas. Right. If it's at your house, great. But at the same time, you can't play with all your toys cause everyone's there. So like you usually have like another few days off from school and you get to play with all the cool shit you just got. Yeah. And so well, I think the day the- after Christmas as an adult sucks. Yeah. It, well, yes. And I would say that it's unless you have kids. One, one of the biggest bummers as an adult is that the day after or the next day after, depending on where Christmas falls that year in the calendar, you have to work. That's a fucking bummer, man. Like how I'm off till New Year's, but yeah, I, I get your point. All right. Well, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Kieran, how was your week? Let's get into it, boys. Yeah, week was tough. Um, I did a little bit better against Ted than I thought I was going to. Did better than our first matchup, but still, unfortunately, ended up taking the L because the the waiver wire took it away. Uh, Smooches ended up going on the IR on Saturday night, uh, so did not give me enough time to pick up a replacement off the waiver wire. Didn't have a worthy one on my bench, so that, that hurt a lot. Um, was actually making a game of it. Um, right up until the till the four o'clock games when when Ted just absolutely went on a run. But Devontae Adams had a had a great uh game for me. But yeah, this is just the the seasons of old, you know, the seasons before two years ago when I was making playoff runs and I was working the waiver wire like a magician. Uh it's, it's, a, it's a different league now. Yeah. It's a toughie. Um, your division is not easy. There is a, there's a plateau, I think there, right? Like it's, um, there's a lot of us at four, I think where I am. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a nine and one team, an eight and two team, a seven and four team or some shit. And then it's the rest of us like have four wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough, tough climb. Um, I was two and two. I had two opponents who didn't start full lineups. Uh, and I lost the other two matchups, but I will say like, it felt good. I looked at cross. So cross didn't set a, a full lineup. He didn't have a tight end. He didn't have a quarterback, but Lamar Jackson on his bench and Mark Andrews on his bench would have combined on his starting lineup to have still lost to me. So I feel okay about this, you know, like, and regardless, I feel fine. It's a win. Fuck it. Like I'll take wins wherever I can get them. And, uh, I'm cool with that. Um, Plus, it's nice to see Debo Samuel do Debo Samuel things on Monday Night Football. That's that is something we have missed, I think, as a football community. So I'm good in three out of four leagues, still very much in the playoff hunts. Happy about that, Jerome. So it was a interesting. Winka went three and two. I won in the league of record, uh, LSD league, and I won in sleeper in the Megalobowl. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, trying to put something together, a ragtag group of people. Um, I vultured Amari Cooper away from Austin, um, Ooh. back during the Browns buy, and it is paying off famously. What did you give? Oh, no, no, no. It was a vulture poopy. Oh, so oh, he dropped you. Pick. Okay. He dropped him. And I when I when I saw that came through that he dropped him, I immediately put a claim in on the waiver wire and nobody else had noticed. So uh, like, that's you're like me three years ago. Yeah, 
that's paying dividends. Um, you know, what's interesting is um, Melvin Gordon uh, had another week, you know, gave me 12 point, you know, 12 points, which, you know, is it's not great, but it's something um, him being dropped is going to throw a wrench in my planning. Um, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that, that sucks for you too. It's just huge hole leading up to the playoffs. Like this is a tough time to take an L like that on a player, That's but it. it happens, you know, it uh, looks like James Connor is getting back to doing James Connor things. So, um, you know, it should be a good plug in, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I kind of hope, like, it's a weird thing to hope for, but I kind of really hope that Colt McCoy stays the quarterback of the Cardinals. Like, for as a fantasy manager, I don't give a fuck about the Cardinals in real life, but, like, as a fantasy, fantasy manager, I am happy with what's going on there because I, I have Connor as well, and I really think the offense just seems to do better with Colt. But Well, that's, I mean, that's my feeling about, um, you know, New Orleans. But we'll get to that later. We will. Let's get into our hot and bother. Jerome, kick us off. You already sort of warmed up to the topic. So I kind of warmed up both of my topics, actually, uh, ironically enough. But we're going to start off with this one. Just the king uh, of foreplay over here. Pretty hot and bothered uh, about. <laughs> um, listen, man, work the neck and the nipples and try back in five minutes. Uh, Denver doesn't what, have any. Running what a backs. Daniel Tosh reference. Yes, that was yes, excellent. That's correct. Well done. No does not mean no. No means work the neck, the nipples, and try back later. I didn't. Fuck yeah, I didn't raise you to be a quitter. Now get in there. <laughs> uh, Denver doesn't have any running backs. Um, they dropped uh, Gordon. Javante is hurt. Um, uh, Chase Edmonds is also hurt. So it's Latavius Murray again. Ironically enough, never say. And die. Apparently, what? What? what uh, who's the other kid? Bolt. Bol- Boone. 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 Matt's a good Mike. football name. Yeah, it is. Mike Great Boone. football name. He is coming back soon. So uh supposedly. But yeah, hopefully nothing happens to uh old Latavius because um it's not looking good. Not not that you really can count on this this offense to do anything significant anyway, but yeah. Uh, Dude. It's, it's got me all hot and bothered because yeah, you no, know, the fantasy implications of this team is just continues to disappoint. Yeah. Super, super, so many dead Pac-Men. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on in. Yeah. I'm definitely hot and bothered by it. And it's, it's not just running backs that they're, you know, they have none of, they don't really have a quarterback and they don't really have a competent play caller either. So it's like, there's a whole cornucopia keeping on the Thanksgiving theme here wow, of, well uh, done. of things that they seem to be lacking this year. Um, yeah, I'm definitely hot and bothered by it, man. It's it's not the Denver Broncos that we were expecting to see. It's not the it's not the division we were expecting to see. If, if we're being completely honest about it, we thought this you know this was going to be the most entertaining division in football to watch. Turns out it's the NFC East, which no one thought. <laughs> yeah. or the AFC East, yeah. or the AFC, the East, True. the East in general yeah. is in in the AFC and the NFC is is dominating for the most part. I have been thinking on and off lately that like about like takes that were just really, really bad before the year and like really, really like 
good before the year on the pod that we had. And like, I feel really good right before the season saying, like, I think it's still the Chiefs division. I think the rest of these teams have a lot of work to do. But I didn't expect this to be like this. And Denver, in my opinion, is the absolute worst situation in the entire league. I don't think that there is a more depressing situation. There are worse teams. There are worse rosters. There are worse coaches. It doesn't seem like it, but there really are. But this is more depressing than all the other situations because the hopes are high and the roster was stacked. And there were new additions. And Denver is you know, somewhat, I don't know if they're technically a Tiffany franchise, but they fucking might as well be because they've got a huge fan base. Uh, and this is just depressing. I, I started Russell Wilson. Listen, I picked up Russell Wilson two or three weeks ago because I saw Tom Brady was going to be on by in week 11. I thought, okay, find a quarterback who has a great matchup in week 11, sign him now and be good. And it was Russell Wilson against the Las Vegas Raiders who bleed fantasy points to the quarterback. My man got 10 points. This team mired in muck. It is just, yeah, I'm hot and bothered. I'm cool and calm. I, you know, and I'm lukewarm and titillated. I'm all three because it's like, I'm upset about it. I expected it. And yet it still bothers me. So fuck them, burn them. Uh, Kieran. So boys, I've never been more happy than to, to get to this topic here. It is confirmed. You can book it. Kirk Cousins sucks. And damn it, if it was not proven on Sunday, these Dallas Cowboys making me eat a whole ton of crow for hitting the panic button last week after the loss to Green Bay. Granted, terrible loss, awful loss. I did not have high hopes at all going to Minnesota after that game. But boy, they proved me wrong. I'm eating the crow, and that's fine. It's the most delicious crow I've ever eaten in my entire life. I'll eat the entire part of the crow. I'll fry up the beak and dip it in some guacamole and and chow down on that as well, dude. Feathers included? Feathers included. I don't care. Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback. I was just taking a look at his stats here. He has thrown equal or more interceptions to touchdowns in half of his game so far this year. Um. The only ones where it seems like he threw more, he had, you know, two touchdowns, no interceptions, or two touchdowns, one interceptions. And that was the the great three-game stretch they had at the Dolphins against the Cardinals and against the Commanders. Not exactly formidable opponents. Um, against the Eagles, he threw three picks against them. Against the Bills, he threw two picks against them. You know, it's and it's it's a lot of what I mentioned in in my last uh hot and bothered. This defense is carrying this team. This defense is the reason they're winning games. I don't understand how you can have Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Dalvin Cook on that offense and not win way more game and, and, and lose the games that they're losing in such embarrassing fashion. He's a terrible quarterback. I'm hot and bothered by it. It's no secret to anyone that listens or is a part of this podcast. Fucking sucks. Okay, so I, I have to hop in here because last week, Kieran and I and Connor, unfortunately, we dragged him into it, all gave <laughs> a lot of kudos. And um, you know what? I, I'm reminded of the movie Hook, which is a classic, uh, where... I'm really it, interested to see how you're going to tie Hook into this. Where the, where the little chubby black kid, you know, goes into Robin Williams' face and says, Oh, there you are, Peter. 
this is how I feel watching the Minnesota Vikings lose like they did. Like, oh, there you are, Minnesota. This is the Vikings team that we all know and love. The team that goes super hot and super cold. The team that befuddles us ever since, I don't know, fucking 2005. Like, this is, we didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. And I think that Kirk Cousins is definitely to blame. I didn't watch the game, Karen, but I, I imagine you did. From what I heard, Kirk Cousins got the snap and had pressure bearing down on him instantly. So yep. I give pretty much any quarterback a, like a pass when it comes to that. I mean, think about even Patrick Mahomes in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, right? Like running for his life. Um, but at the same time, Oh, there you are, Peter. Like this is this is the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't think it says much about them. I think this is everything that we kind of knew. Like they were always a team that was capable of doing this. And yet they're still eight and two. And it's not for no reason. They're not fluke wins. They, those are eight wins. So it's not for nothing. I think Kirk Cousins is still the guy that we thought he was last week. Just he's capable of Bad. all of these things. Terrible. No, he's he's, human life. he's he's capable of all of these things. He rides the wave. I don't know. Uh, Jerome, I would say that I am lukewarm and titillated still. I'm hot and bothered about it because uh, their their record puts them, you know, firmly towards the top of the NFC. And yet they have a quarterback that is just terrifyingly mediocre. Thank you. There's no really no need to belabor the point. You guys really kind of dusted it out there. I don't have anything to add. I mean, or I've kind of feel like I've like buried at home for the last two years, probably with this. Oh, asshole. dude, you buried it balls deep. Yeah, and I'm I'm just hot and bothered because last week was I, I, it's like I want to burn the tape of of last week. It was just not good, man. You know, <laughs> like, and we never said anything too positive about Kirk Cousins, but there was a lot of positivity. So I, I went back and listened to the game of the week conversation about this game where I was like, man, I really hope they don't have a hangover, but they did. No, they did. They sure did. Okay. On to the next topic. Uh, it is mine. Justin Herbert is the NFL's premier lovable loser. I am hot and bothered about this, but let me explain what I mean. There are always players that the fan base and like NFL community generally likes and will continue to make excuses for, even though they just don't get it done. Three years ago, Herbert was just a rookie, so whatever if he didn't win enough games. Last year, his defense bled rushing yards. This year, everyone's injured, and he's playing on bruised ribs. And all of these things are true, but we don't talk about how Lamar Jackson's top two receiving options have been unavailable for half the season, or about how Kyler Murray's offensive line has been without four out of five starters or about how Tom Brady's offense meant the first half of the year as a shell of itself because they're not lovable. Herbert has immense talent and that's noted. He fills the box sheet most games and that's noted. He's likable noted, but he loses games. He should win. And he's once again, hovering at 500 and we need to start holding him accountable for not keeping drives alive and giving Mahomes a chance. Like he doesn't play defense, but he does attempt passes on third down to keep drives alive. And the man, you know, 
I once I need to quote Moneyball one more time. If he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Like, if he's a good quarterback, why doesn't he win games? You you want to you want to like point it at everything else, and I get it. All those things are true, but the fact of the matter is, like, the reason why I'm making this point is that there are just these players that we make excuses for after excuses for after excuses for because we love them, and that's fine. But he's guilty. I'm I'm obviously hot and bothered about it. I I don't I don't see him as a winner. Just plain and simple. I think he's very talented. I think he's very likable, and I don't think he's a winner. Boys, I'll say I'm lukewarm and titillated by this. I'm definitely not hot and bothered. <clears throat> I feel like the term "lovable loser" when when we use those terms, we use them. Sorry, Eric, but you know teams like the '90s Bills or the Chicago Cubs between 1908 and 2016. You know, they're teams that are very good at what they do and don't get it done at the, you know, at the very, very on the cusp of being immortalized in a championship. That's when they falter. I don't think Justin Herbert's that. I also don't think he's necessarily to blame for everything with this organization. Like you said, they're mired with injuries. It's his third year in the NFL. He's still trying to figure it out. He's what, 24 years old? You're giving him the benefit of the doubt that you don't give other players. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, that's fair, but these other players we're talking about, you know, like Kyler Murray's been in the league a lot longer. He's had success. Tom Brady's been in the league, you know, four decades longer. (laughs) And he's and and he's proven that he can do this. You know, I don't think Justin Herbert has really given us anything to believe that oh he's just he's just not playing to what he can to what he's capable of he doesn't have the he doesn't have the team around him that he had last year um the only reason he's probably playing on bruised ribs is because he won't let that doctor come near him with a needle for a quarter zone shot there um so i mean i feel like there's a lot of external factors with this and given the fact that he's a, a kid still in this league you know he was a he was a kid that was thrust into a position he wasn't prepared for and he did okay you know, the year after he won the job and he, and he did, you know, he did pretty good, but I don't know. This is really the first time he's faced any adversity where he had expectations and yeah, I mean, he's not handling it great, but I mean, I wouldn't call him a loser. Uh, I he don't said know. Lovable to be fair. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I, I love him. I think he's, I think he's awesome. And I think Eric made a good point. You know, we give him a lot of the benefit of the doubt, you know, compared to other quarterbacks in the league, but I feel like it's because he still has the ability to give the benefit of the doubt because he's still so new. I'll put it. I'll put it like this, Karen. This is a player I thought about while you're talking, but Danny Dimes, like Jerome, gives Danny Dimes a lot more slack than we do, and I think that's because Jerome likes him more than we do. Like he just likes him more. I don't like him at all. I think he sucks, and so I won't give him excuses like he doesn't have receiving options. He's never had like a really great coaching tree around him before this year. So like I won't give him slack. So I don't make excuses for him. But that that's that's the whole thing. Is Justin Herbert is universally liked. So I mean that's a that's a bad example for me. I will never give any Giants quarterback slack. This is what I'm saying. But Justin Herbert is universal. Yeah. Uh Jerome, your take on the whole thing. Uh I won't say he's a level of a loser. Um personally, uh, I was going to say Danny Dimes is my you know, because he's got that aw shucks kind of face, like, 
Oh, uh, come on, guys. He's looks, got he's got Manning face. He looks simple. Yeah. He, he looks simple. Right. <laughs> you know, and you know, good for him. Uh, no, I, I, I like I like Herbert. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, call him the premier lovable loser. Um, he has so much potential and we, we don't even really know. You know, that's that's the problem. Uh, we won't really ever know, I don't think, because it just seems like the Chargers organization in one way, shape or form for the last 22 years that I've really been paying attention to football finds a way to get in their own way, one way or another. Very it's much why so. it's why, you know, despite years, years of them, you know, you know, saying all oh, the chargers, it's their year. Yaddy, and just shit never works out. People get hurt. This is, this is game. a this, just real quick. This is, this is a franchise that went from drew Brees to Philip rivers to Justin Herbert and has, what like one playoff win to show for it, like maybe yeah. maybe three. So- yeah, it's just one one less than the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> yeah, carry on though, carry on. He's smirking at Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck, carry on. But you know, I just uh, you know, it's it's he's had a lot of hard luck, and he's he's trying to tough things out in the game, and it's not necessarily the smartest thing to do, but. You know, the expectations of Herbert from his inception on the team has never been high. So as far as anyone's concerned, he's already beaten them. I don't know. You know I don't agree. I, I think that he beat no, no. his rookie year. New, new, new exception, new, new expectations have been set for him. But like, as far as the expectations that organization had for him when they drafted him, he's already beaten. Them. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just like, from the second half of last year when he started to set the league on fire and then you lose to the Raiders in week 17 when all you had, like, you know, or you lose like three out of four games to finish the season. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Hold on. How many points did they score in that loss? I can Google it. I don't know. Let's let's take that real quick. They scored 32 points in that game. Oh, Okay. So who who didn't do their job in that game? Because it it fucking sounds like because that game was was almost <laughs> it was a tie right at the end and then someone scored it went into overtime it went, it went to OT yeah okay so it sounds like Herbert did his fucking job because he put thirty two points on the board that playoff game was or the last game of the season was lost by their defense and it wasn't Herbert's fault. My I, I feel like a better topic for this would be like the Chargers are the NFL's premier lovable loser because they're they're treading very dangerously close to like Chicago Cubs territory where it's like they seem to always have it. But then when the situation calls for it, they just no longer have it by like a stroke of luck or God or whatever deity you believe in. Like the Cowboys. No, nah, we never really got there, though. <laughs> Oh, but but you but you talk a big game. I don't know. I ever talked a big game about the cat. Whenever I whenever I ever been anything but pessimistic. Stop. stop. You. I'm not talking about you. Not you. Shut up. I mean, I'm talking about the media, the team itself. They're the ones that talk the big game every year. It's their year. Every year they're supposed to go to the fucking playoffs, and every year 
every fucking year since you've drawn breath. It's wrong. No, I, I will say that somehow I've become the sort of Cowboys truther on this podcast. And it's very weird because I'm not a Cowboys fan, but Kieran seems to hate them almost as much as Jerome does. And so I've, I'm the one saying positive things. I, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't so, say hate. I'm just hurt. I think you somewhat hate them. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> we, we devote a lot of a lot of airtime to how much you what you feel towards the Cowboys. Um, I love a lot of the team. I hate the franchise. I'll say it. I'll put it that way. That was a very confusing statement. No, I just look. I, I do think that it's it's Herbert more like the Chargers. Yes, he 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 almost like. He embodies what we feel about the Chargers. They are interchangeable in the fact that they are lovable losers. I think it's Herbert. I think he just he doesn't he doesn't win games, man. Like he just nine and eight last year. I just I don't know. I I won't buy it. I won't buy it. Like no matter what happens in the offseason, no matter like no matter who they say, I won't buy it. They have to prove it to me over like a long stretch of time. There's no reason to believe in this Chargers franchise or, or or in Justin Herbert. Wins matter more than box score and talent. So, uh, okay, Jerome, go with yeah, your next. I feel, I feel like it's time to move on now that we've spent more time than any other media outlet on the San, on the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, Jerome, let's just go to your topic, gentlemen. Andrew Dalton is the QB that the saints need right now. I'm not necessarily, I'm not talking about a long-term solution. I'm talking about this season, this season only. And maybe, maybe further seasons as a, as a mentor, but it's just, here's a perfect example. Jawan Johnson. He's the tight end um, on new Orleans. He's not a household name. Not nearly. I've been paying attention because I've noticed that in every game that Andy Dalton has played in, for the most part, Juwan Johnson is a top 10 tight end. The coincidence is that he is a pure passing quarterback. He is more knowledgeable about the game and about the offense. And not to put too fine a point on it, but Saints are winning. I'm hot and bothered about it because there's a lot of stuff going to the media about how, oh, it's kind of not fair that, you know, he was hurt. So he should have his job back when he gets back. Like, nah, there was the, the you know, the Dak Prescott versus uh, what's that? Tony Romo. No, piece of garbage. He's currently playing. Cooper Rush. Oh. Yeah. You were like, well, maybe we should. He is. He's got the hot hand right now. Let him continue playing. And no. No. Uh, that's a different, you know, caliber. I mean, these guys are both middling journeyman quarterbacks. Like, you know, Dalton should get the play. He's the better quarterback for the Saints team. Not maybe the better quarterback on every team, but for the Saints right now, he's what he needs. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm glad someone brought this up because we you know we brought it up in the in the chat off air and yeah, I mean the the whole thing of like, oh, Jameis was hurt, he should get his job. No, he shouldn't. 
what has he done prior to the injury to prove that he deserves a starting job over Andy Dalton? Not a whole lot because he's been injured most of the, most of his time in New Orleans. Like if you if you if you put him in the starting lineup again, guess what? He's probably going to get hurt, and Andy Dalton's going to come back in. So it's like, why would you <clears throat> why why would you stifle the the run that this team has had? And you know, to your point, Jerome, I think Andy Dalton, like he's that's like his been his role in the NFL outside of like the outside of the Bengals, obviously when he was the starter there for ever. But when when he was in Dallas, like he was a good, you know, midway point for the Cowboys when, when Dak went out, when he destroyed his ankle and then we paid him a bunch of money for some reason. Um, but he played well for the Cowboys. He's a, he's a great short term fix for any team with quarterback issues. And I think for this saints team, that's what they need right now. Um, I mean, come playoff time, he does have, I think, at least two games of playoff experience, maybe. So, I mean, if they end up squeaking in, um, if they end up squeaking away with the division here, which if they keep on this pace, they very well could. I think he's going to be a better option in the playoffs than than Jameis is. And I just think it's, like you said, the experience, the football IQ. I mean, this guy's going to be a hell of a comment, color commentator in a couple of years when, when he finally hangs him up. But... Yeah, I'm hot and bothered by it too. I I feel like it's and I feel like not enough people are giving him enough credit for what he's doing for the Saints offense. Who's without their wide receiver one, who's Jerome's just all time favorite player. It, no, no, no. Chris Olave. <laughs> don't don't no. No. You're Chris baiting Olave. me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Speak speaking of of uh good takes that were had in the offseason, Chris Olave. Um yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But I disagree. I At am... the end of the day, do you think he's worth both of those picks that he gave us? Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, actually I do. Um, because hitting on a first round pick is that good. Like it's, it's that rare. It's still in it's... their record year. Yeah. But it's, I think, I right. think that he's all that in a bag of chips. I do. And who knows what's going to happen in the future, but I do think that he's worth it. My, in my opinion, um, I think he is too, just cause think like, what, what would the sec. Eagles look hold like right now? I'm, I'm getting a call guys. Oh yeah. Eric, the nineties called, they want their saying back. They can't have it. I've, I've brought it back to life. And as far as I'm concerned, so I am cool and calm about this. There is absolutely no future with Andy Dalton and this is an admittable and obvious fact. And maybe there is no future with Jameis Winston. Probably there is no future with Jameis Winston, but there's still more of a future with Jameis Winston than there is with Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton brings you nothing in 2023. And for all of the hullabaloo that was just brought up in the last like three or so minutes about Andy Dalton, they're four and seven. He is one, I think maybe, Two, maybe three games. I think just two games since he started with them. Out of eight games. This is not a winner. This is not a good quarterback. This is not a good play. It's the play that they are making. But believe you me, this is not about... This is not about... Well, they need to get rid of Taysom. Just in my opinion. like, Like, just remove yourself of the distraction. That's neither here nor there. This season is lost. They're four and seven. Is it possible they make the playoffs? Sure. Is it likely? Fuck no, it's not likely. Like right now, I think they're 
placed 10th in the AFC. Like, could they? Sure, any team can. But I think you need to be looking towards the future and building something with a quarterback who you signed. Like, Jameis has more talent than Andy Dalton. Jameis did not play badly in his only game. He was 1-0 before he, like, broke bones in his back. And reported like three bones, I think it was in his back. He played very well. Two touchdowns, 230 yards. In Andy Dalton's eight starts, the team averages 220 passing yards. Like, come on. This guy isn't the answer. He's not an answer. He's a band-aid. And right now, like band-aids are not meant to last. That's why you replace band-aids after 24 mm-hmm. hours or so. Like, yeah. And and maybe Jameis isn't the answer either. But he's definitely more of a two-year or three-year solution for a team like Jerome mentioned, traded away their next year's first-round pick. So, quick, quick question, Karen, what's a band-aid for? For moderately subduing a wound. So, if the question is, I have a cut and I'm bleeding, what's the answer? Band-aid. It's a short-term answer. Still an answer. It's it's a short term. I said for this year. For I don't think for like for the rest. You need to be looking forward if you're the Saints. Like the season is lost, man. Like look forward and see that Andy Dalton is not a part of your future. And maybe Jameis. Maybe I'll tell you what. Jameis isn't. I feel like they're equal parts of their future. They're both not part of their future. He's younger. He's got a better arm. He's got more (laughs) pedigree. They may have like ruined his confidence or whatever. Like he may not want to play for them anymore, but. I don't think they've played this right. I just don't get it. I don't get I it. I mean, this this is coming from a, a fan of a team that has quite literally given up. So, yeah, it, like like a team that has mortgaged their future and not looked towards it at all. And so if nothing else, like my opinion is valid in this. Like we see now what's happened to the Rams. You should look toward the future. I just don't think that Andy Dalton is more a part of that future than Jameis is. But okay, now whatever. Uh, Kieran, to your point, uh, your next topic. All righty, boys. So the Giants coming off a terrible, heartbreaking loss to the Detroit Lions, who seem to just know how to win, but only choose to win sometimes. Um, I Sounds think, about and right. And I think, and I'm hot and bothered by this. I think this could be the start to the Giants spiraling out of playoff contention. So. Coming off of this loss, looking at their schedule ahead, they play the Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving, 4.30 uh, this Thursday. Obviously not a gimme. The Cowboys beat them earlier on in the year at MetLife, so definitely not a, a gimme game. Week after that, they have the Commanders at home. We saw what the com- Commanders could potentially be capable of doing with a division matchup. That should be a concern to them. They have the Eagles next at home. Definitely not a gimme, probably a loss. Commanders again, again, like I said, not a gimme. Vikings away, who knows at this point. The Vikings could either blow them out by 40 or lose by 100. And then obviously they ended out with the Colts. That should be a W. But I mean, I feel like there's a lot of games here that are looking like they could potentially be else. There's nothing here that I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to blow them away other than the Colts at home. I think this is... The, the loss against Detroit could start the, the downfall of the Giants team this year. And like we said, Danny Dimes, he's not, you know, we, we were putting him in the same vein as Justin Herbert there. He's not what, you know, people would say is a quote unquote winner. Um, 
for the Giants. You know, now their their defense is a different story. Their defense has been incredible, but they're going up some pretty they're going up against some pretty juggernaut offenses in the Eagles and Vikings. And I don't know, man. Taylor Heineke seems to have that dog in him, but that dog only lives from you know weeks fourteen on. So. Yeah, I'm hot and bothered by it. I think the I don't think the Giants make the playoffs. I think this is the the beginning of the end for them. I'm gonna hop in. I am hot and bothered by this. I've been thinking it, and I firmly agree. Uh, I got nothing for this Giants team. I, you know, they're they're in the same camp as the Minnesota Vikings in that their record mm-hmm. is probably not highly indicative of what the team is like, how, how good the team actually is. Um, except that the giants are all coaching and Saquon Barkley. And, you know, I, I think that Dayball is sort of like running Saquon into the dirt, which is fine because it's a winning strategy, but who knows how long that guy can hold up. I mean, his injuries are well-documented and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't vibe with it. I, I'm firmly in the camp with you, Kieran. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I don't see good things for this squad. I really don't. So, Jerome? I'm going to also agree. Um, I'm a little more uh, calm and cool about it, mainly because I wasn't really worried about him in the first place. Fair enough. Um, Moving forward, yeah, if they figure some stuff out and they don't suffer so many injuries and they actually get a wide receiver core that, you know, can stick together, yeah, they could be dangerous with Dayball. But, um, you know, I'm agreeing, but I'm cool and calm about it. Um, you know, this is the beginning of the end. You can only keep things together for so long. It's just the the wide receiver injuries, like the Wandell Robinson injury was just awful. And after trading away Tony, who's injured, but I mean, (laughs) it's like, there's only so much that Dable can do. And I don't think anyone blames him, but doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't that shit doesn't I mean matter. he's he's done a good job of just like damage control at this point. I don't think it's a I don't sure. think it's a slight to Dable at all. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think he's done way beyond what anyone expected him to do with this Giants team this year. Um but I mean it I mean at the end of the day it's <clears throat> I don't think this Giants team right now as it stands is a playoff team. And I don't think Dable's the fall for that. I think he did what he could, but you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next year, you know, come free agency and draft time. I would agree. All right, we'll move on to the next topic. It is mine. Uh, Zach Wilson is holding the Jets back. In a vacuum, I obviously agree with this. Uh, As Bill Belichick once said, he's terrible, and you can print that. We were happy when he was on the field, end quote. (laughs) Um, I cannot see the logic for starting him again after his statements after last week and his performance not just last week, like last week against the Patriots was the culminating event, right? But the last month and has been awful. And moreover, because the peak Zach Wilson is just a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's just not a way to live as a franchise. We all agree with this. 
There's no, there's no dissension among the ranks there. Uh, but while I think that this is a happier locker room with Joe Flacco or Mike White starting, I don't think it's a good team. Like, unfortunately, I think this is a, a team like the Giants that's doomed to miss the playoffs because the defense will end up getting tired defending short fields and defending against long time of possession from the other team. Is it a good team? Yeah, but this is the reality for the New York Jets. Like they are, they have good pieces. They are well coached. They are budding into something, but that's their reality. Their reality is not a playoff darling. The reality, like it's nice to think that these things are happening and, and it's enjoyable as a fan to ride that wave for as long as you can. But this is their reality. Like it's not like, there's a savior behind Zach Wilson that's going to make this all work. It might. Like you mean the quarterback that made it work for the first? I don't think, dude. He he, like we we like to champion Joe Flacco for what he did in Week Two against the Browns, but then we just kind of forget about what he did in his last start, which was terrible and predictable. That's who Joe Flacco is. He's a statue in the pocket who's going to get knocked down seven or eight times. And he's probably going to throw a couple pick sixes. Like the ceiling isn't high for the Jets because of the quarterback room. And this is just the reality. So I, I, I would say that I am like lukewarm and titillated because he's holding them back. He is clearly the, pro- the biggest problem. But there's nothing like, there, there's no fix to this. There's no like, like magical, like, we're going to make the playoffs now and be a competent offense because Mike White is playing or because Joe Flacco is playing. Not for the rest of the 17 or yeah, not for the, however many games are left out of the 17 game season. So just my feelings boys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll agree to an extent. I mean, I feel like there's not with the exception of a few, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that I think would thrive on the New York jets right now. Um, I think their quarterback room is an issue. Obviously I think Zach Wilson, I wouldn't, I'm not going to call him a bust yet, but he's, he's on that train to become, well, you one. should, you should, he's a bust. He's, <laughs> he's on the train to become, he's in what is, is what a second year and he was hurt his rookie year. Your best ability is availability. I don't know. I think he's a bust. No, but I mean, like, I mean, that could be said about anybody. You know, we're, you know, you were trying to say, you know, Jameis Winston should be the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. He's, ne- he's never there. You know, your best availability, your best ability is availability. He's not available. Um, but fair. I do think Zach Wilson, just given what I've seen of him when he's 100% healthy, I, you know, I don't disagree. I think he's on well on his way to becoming a bust. Um, I think the Jets need to figure out a quarterback. And they need to figure it out quick. Um, you know, I don't think Joe Flacco is the answer anymore. You can't just lean on the the veteran to help you try and win a few games now, just because, like you said, he he stands there. He's going to get hit. He's going to throw picks. And I think you know Zach Wilson, if he could figure out how to throw the fucking ball away, would probably be a lot better of a quarterback. He'd probably have a lot less turnovers. But he tries to throw the ball away two feet off of the sideline. That's going to get picked. You know, this is. <clears throat> you're throwing the ball and you're a cornerback. Who's the one of the 32 best at his position in the world. He's going to make that play if you give him space. So I I think Zach Wilson is definitely an issue. I don't think he's the, 
ultimate reason the Jets are where or you know are in a precarious situation. I think it's the quarterback room in general. I think it's the way they've drafted. But I mean, I think at this point, you know, if they want to start winning and they want to start winning soon, I think it's you might need to either trade or sign a quarterback before you think about drafting one. Cause I don't think they necessarily have time to draft and and groom a quarterback right now. Cause if if this is it for Joe Flacco and he's gone next year, what who who's gonna who's gonna mentor the rookie? Zach Wilson, the guy who's his, going into his third year. He's he needs someone to to learn him, you know. I think Zach Wilson is quickly approaching Sam Darnold territory. Oh, that's mean. It's How true. Unfortunate. It's true. Like, <laughs> Zach Wilson's got more kills though when it comes to to the lady folk. <laughs> Obviously, look at Sam Darnold. He got mono after <laughs> kissing a chick. Like <laughs> quality too. Quality. Congrats too. on the kiss. <laughs> Go ahead, Rome. I'm coming cool about this. Uh, we kind of saw this coming. Yeah. All of the Jets wins were despite his play, not due to his play. And, you know, it was due to the defense playing so well and not his play exactly. So, yeah, no, obviously he's holding them back. If they lose any games, it's going to be because of him, not because of their defense. And I know it, 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 you know, some people might, you know, clap back real quick and be like, hey, yo, what about at the end of the game and that kick return? Isn't it the defense's or special teams fault? Like, well, person who, you know, wants to talk out loud at me like that, uh, I would say that they had three points throughout the rest of the game. If he did his part, they would have more than three points. Pretty straightforward. Because let's let's break it down real quick. The Jets had three points because of Zach Wilson. New England had three points because of the Jets defense. I would say that Mac played pretty well last week. Not great. Right. But but like if he played pretty well, that means that the Jets defense did their job by keeping very points. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. You know, so, yeah, you know, and to put a little cherry on top. I think it's very immature of him to deny, you know, just fucking take it. Listen, man, you were a first round draft pick. There was a lot of expectations of you. Top 10 pick. It is okay. Yeah. To not to not be it, right? What's more important is that you have the balls to say, Yeah, it's on me. Well, I mean, look at look at Josh Allen when they when they lost to Minnesota. He did a press conference and he's like, Yeah, it's tough to win games when your quarterback plays like shit, talking about himself. Like, yeah. I mean, they that's lost a, that, because that's of, a leader. They, they what lost we, because of Josh Allen. What do we expect from a guy who idolized Aaron Rodgers his whole life growing up? And look at Aaron Rodgers when he loses games. What does he say? Oh, yeah. it's never his fault. Oh, Everyone else's fault. And Zach Wilson can't let down the, the defense. Let me ask you, boys, real quick, not to belabor the point, but. Oh, belabor it. Belabor it. Belabor it. Do you guys think the New York Jets right now, do you see them as a playoff team going forward? No. Uh, unfortunately. No. Due to their division, no. And conference. If, yeah. If they played in a different division, they'd probably be the number one. If they were in the South, they'd probably win their division. Yeah. 
and then they'd be in playoffs, no doubt. Um, unfortunately for them, they're in the same division as the Dolphins, who are definitely getting a wild card spot. Maybe divisional lead. Maybe Don't divisional know. lead. Yeah. This is true. No, uh, I mean. Bills are fucking Bills up. Bills don't have a division win yet, do they? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Dolphins do. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go into yeah. the let's go into the game of the week, which has been just an eyesore or an ear sore for everyone uh, listening <laughs> the last three weeks. Here we go. Hello. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. It has gotten downright depressing for the From the Couch Sports Pick'em League. Uh, last week, we went again, one for eight. Um, and the the only pick that was correct was based on a punt return for a touchdown in a 10-3 to game. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Karen and I are now tied at 15-18. and 18. Uh, Jerome, who, you know, maybe to his benefit, didn't pick last week and is now 13 of 18 and only two games out of first. Um, so going into the first game of the week, it is mine, New England at Minnesota, who is favored by three. Um, first of all, let me just say it's been years since we had three games of intrigue on Turkey Day, and this is awesome. This is awesome. Three good games. I love the Sunday night or well, not Sunday night. The is Thursday. It, awesome? it is awesome. I it's love. Aw- so, so we're agreeing that it's awesome. I think we should agree. Karen, do you Karen, agree? You can Karen, we need you to weigh in. Yeah, it's awesome. There we go. Okay. It's awesome. Very well. It Very is well. decided. Thank God. It's decided. <laughs> <laughs> we can agree on that. So New England at Minnesota. I'm going to make this easy. I am taking New England. That feels pretty gross to say, but I think that that's just what Bill Belichick does. He coaches really fucking well against quarterbacks who have trouble figuring it out. He takes away your best option, and then you're in trouble. Uh, They have a great defense, New England does. It's probably not talked about enough. Kirk Cousins was on his back before three 1,000 seconds were up, probably over 50% of the time last week. Um, Just like his honeymoon. Wow. Nice. Nice way to get after him. I mean, you really, you know, hammered the point. I don't know. Maybe maybe Minnesota figures it out. Um, I'm, there's no hope, really, for the New England offense, except to say that they have a strong rushing, de- or rushing attack, and Minnesota couldn't stop the run for shit last week, which admittedly Dallas is better at running the ball than New England is, but I'm taking New England boys. I don't actually know why Minnesota is favored by three here. I mean, they're favored by three because they're eight and two and they're at home. Um, But I mean, I'm going to go New England too. I mean, if there's one thing Bill Belichick is good at is defensively getting in the head of a mediocre quarterback and making him underperform. That's exactly what Kirk Cousins is. And also, boys, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the time of this game. It is Thursday night, prime time. That is not Kirk Cousins' time. Kirk Cousins does not 
prime time. You know, I really appreciate that you refuse to be remiss. If I'm if I'm ever remiss, I, I need you guys to tell me. I, and I need you, you know to stop what? it. I'm I'm a good man. I'll make sure that never happens. Jerome's ready and on the sidelines for whenever you, you are amiss. Jerome, can I ask you something? I already have my helmet on. Jerome, <laughs> coach Jerome. didn't even have to tell me. <laughs> Jerome, Jerome, you are the Andy Dalton of this uh, podcast. No, um, <laughs> Jerome, can oh, I ask you? I'm, so, the, I'm one of the, so mean. I'm one of the older ones. <laughs> you can eat a dick and a gisket. Jerome, can Kirk Cousins swim? Man, you, you took the wind out of my sails. I was about to say, guys, I'm telling you, Kirk Cousins can't swim. Okay. <laughs> Island game, not going to happen. Picking New England. He definitely didn't bring his water wings. In the land of 10,000 lakes, this man does not have water wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's got to be fattening. Oh, Woo. man. Well, fucking done. All right. Uh, Jerome, any, any analysis on this game besides what Karen and I said? No, I, I, I sent her home by saying that affirming, reaffirming her cousins can't swim. Get, no this man some floaties. <laughs> Get him some floaties. All right. Let's go to the next game, which is another Turkey Day game. Oh, wait. No, it isn't. Sorry. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Get Jerome. Go ahead. So, gents, uh, I picked, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I was uh, the last one to the to the one sheet this this week again. Uh, so, I wanted to pick a game that had a really close uh, spread. Um, there was a fan at one point that said that you know I'm really picking one sided thing. So you know I made it a real point this year to really sit up. Keep All right. Going. Keep, keep so, talking third place. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> not by not for long. Uh, so tonight, gents, I want to tell you about the Bengals Titans. Um, two teams that are just just fighting, fighting, forever fighting themselves more than anything uh, <laughs> like the other teams. Uh, the spread is one point five uh, in favor of the Bengals. Uh, they're giving them one and a half uh, over unders 42.5, which is seems low, low, but in the middle for this week, uh, you know, in the middle, there's a bunch of teams that are 42.5 or, you know, 39, 46. So, um, yeah, uh, guess what the, uh, the 35 is uh, Broncos Panthers. <laughs> Woof. Um, awful game, awful Jersey matchup. There's just the whole lot wrong about that game. What's interesting is both of these teams are obviously AFC teams, um, obviously in different divisions, but they both share a commonality that they absolutely positively cannot lose any more games, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in order to keep a stranglehold on their division or in certain in, in the case of Tennessee for the Bengals, they're just trying to, you know, prove that, you know, it's not a fluke and they still have it. I don't know how they're going to do that without uh, Joe Mixon, but um, I'm going to take the Titans in this. Yeah. King Henry. Huh? Yeah. I mean, this is honestly, it might be the, 
the tougher of the of the three games here to pick. I mean, I know what Jerome's picking in my game, but yeah, this is a tough one, man, because I find it so hard to bet against the Bengals, especially with Joe Shiesty late in the year. But I mean, he's done everything to, you know, disprove that. <laughs> so, um, and the team has done a lot to disprove that. So, there's never been a better time to get away. There really hasn't been a better time to get away, and I'm going to get away <laughs> to Nashville. I'm going to get away to Nashville. I'm going to go with the Titans. Way to roll with it, Zach. <laughs> I cannot be flopped. <laughs> uh, unflappable uh, and unflappable. It's uh, true. He I cannot think. be flapped. Yeah, or flopped. Or, or flopped. This is a tough game. Oh, he's been flopped. <laughs> Jerome brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought of. That is that uh, Joe Mixon is not playing. He's possibly their best player. And no. He is their best player, not named Joe Burrow. and Or Evan McPherson. The offensive line for the Bengals is still as much of a – or Evan McPherson, thank you. Um, their offensive line problems have not been solved by anyone but Joe Burrow, who's just getting rid of the ball quickly and who is overcoming it. Um, and I think that Tennessee's strengths are on their defensive line and their coaching. And obviously King Henry, I'm going to go with Tennessee here. I think that Ryan Tannehill was shockingly good in that start last week. Um, a lot of his balls seem to have zero pop. Man's got zero pop left, but they're all accurate. Um, and I don't know that I believe in this Cincinnati Bengal defense as much as I did in the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I will go with Tennessee. Um, and it's really just about the Joe Mixon injury for me. So, but nice close close matchup, Jerome. I'm I'm glad whoever it was who gave you that uh, that take early in the year did because it's just <laughs> indicative of the fact that we listen to our fans and mm. we want to be here and we want you to be an active part of this community with us. Yeah, start reviewing There's, and there is us. a seat on this couch for all of you, while none of us sit on a couch. It's a metaphorical couch, Karen. That was great. <laughs> Way to deflate his tires, man. That was fucking awesome. Okay. And to, now to break, to break the illusion of everyone at home, we do not all in fact sit on a couch together. We yeah, not did. Like, we did though. That one time. At one point. <laughs> Early a in the inception. Times. A couple of times. Uh, okay. So Karen, now to go to the turkey game. Uh, part two. Fire away. So yeah, Turkey game part two, the New York Giants taking on them boys down in Dallas. Uh, first official game with the Salvation Army pot behind the end zone. So, you know, it's, you know, it's go time for Dallas. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Dallas here. I'm not going to do an entire portion of the show on how the Giants are spiraling out of control and then pick them in this game. Um, I also hate them with every fiber of my being with a white hot intensity. So yeah, I'm going Cowboys. Uh, they had their number early in the year. Like we said before, we don't know if Daniel Jones is really has it. Saquon Barkley's already been running to the ground. The only saving grace of this is Brian Dable. And guess what? He's not strapping the pads on and, and lining up. So I got to go Dallas here. Jerome, who are you picking? You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> I just want, I want you to know that and forever know that that 
I think you're a real piece of shit. I don't think I've ever not known it. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> Picking the Giants. God, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> he's already down in the standings man he's already so low and you just gotta force you know him further here you know what here's the other half of it though any given fucking sunday okay that's true it's hey, it's it's turkey day it's a divisional game it's cowboys it, listen it's turkey day right cowboys are playing on thanksgiving all right as you know them and the lions always do okay a lot of eating is going on here's a problem when you eat too much, you could possibly aspirate it and choke. And mm. there's a chance that the Cowboys mm. choke, which they're good at. They've done it a lot of times. Uh, and the Giants could pull a fast one on Turkey Day. So this is this is not. This are you is not implying the Cowboys are going to have a full turkey dinner before the game? Yes, this is this is the sound <laughs> analysis that has landed us so many sponsorships in the past. <laughs> This is the sound analysis that had Manscaped knocking on the door and then promptly running away. <laughs> promptly running away. Listen, um, if you guys, if you guys out there listen to us more, we'd get paid to do this and we'd yeah. be able to put more into it. Yeah, it's unfortunately we have day jobs, except for Karen. Yeah, it's your fault, day fans. Yeah, you're a house husband. Okay, do you? fuck you, Mister <laughs> Mister. I have all week after Christmas off. Do you? Yeah, I don't work. I don't work a Friday until January fifteenth. Yeah, surrender the point, sir. You do not have a day job. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, I'll put it this way: Indeed pays me. I don't work though. <laughs> no free ads. No free ads. They if wouldn't even job. if we. They wouldn't even if we tried. Uh, I think we should start having a conversation about how big a spread must be, like before it's disqualified from the game of the week, because nine point favorites is quite a large spread and just mean to do to Jerome. That's but, right. You well, no, I don't shit. have anything to do with that though. The giants could justifiably win this game. Oh God. I thought it was a good divisional matchup between two teams who have the same fucking record. <laughs> Got so mad. How, t- how can no, no, you're, you're coming out my quick. pick? Like I just picked something to make Jerome pick against me, dude. And that's not what I did. <laughs> I realized that after the fact, but Listen. Maybe we should. Maybe, maybe, maybe the spread is a valid thing to to judge it. Like maybe. How sad is it that you have teams in division with the same records and the Cowboys are favored by nine? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fucked. Now I will say this game will be made. That's Vegas better. daring everyone to pick the Giants to cover. They really are. I this game. Oh, I think they'll cover. Will be will be better. Dude, I might if, bet them to cover. If if the Giants wear their throwback away jerseys, this game will be infinitely more watchable. I know we'll all be watching because it's Turkey Day, and otherwise you have to socialize with family. But like, infinitely better if they wear their their throwbacks. Uh, the Reds, you mean? No, the the like '80s style or '90s oh, the, style. Yeah, whites. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, the Dallas defense is unreal. They're on. They're they're legit. They are legit. Trayvon Diggs is playing better than he did last year. Uh, I think no, by a long not. stretch. I think he is. He's so you're not hearing his name because he's not getting picks. But you're not supposed to hear the number one cornerback's name. You shouldn't. You should. You shouldn't hear his name because quarterbacks don't throw his way. Like that's that's a shutdown corner. Um, I think that the Dallas defense is legit. Uh, I think that Dallas is on a much different trajectory than the Giants are. And 
you know what? I will say this is this is important to be said because it, it hasn't been mentioned enough. But before the year, um, Karen, what's the first Tyron Smith? That's your left tackle, right? Yep. So Tyron Smith went down to an injury, and we all thought the Cowboys' rushing attack would be dead in the water, and it's quite the opposite. The Dallas rushing attack has been thriving. On Enter and Antonio. It's, yeah, and like Tony. And you know what? We don't want to talk about it, but Ezekiel Elliott's having a good season. No one wants to talk about it. We hate him. He's having a good season. Like, Top 30 fantasy running or like running back. He's averaging 15 points a game. Top 30? Yeah. That's not a good season. That's because it's total points. But in average points per game, he's he's up there, man. Like no one wants to talk about it. It's pretty fucking good. I will be taking the Cowboys. Um, I don't think the Giants stand a chance. But besides that, do you guys have any other for, further takes on this game? Anything else to, to say about the week of football to come? I'm very happy for a full day of football on Thursday. Indeed. It's one of the things I'm going to tell people in my family I'm thankful for. <laughs> yep. And just in case anyone had the question, yes, I do have the quick change ready. I have my Josh Allen jersey ready for 1 o'clock, and then I probably have my CD Lamb jersey ready for 4. And who bought you that beautiful Josh Allen jersey. That would be you, buddy. Ah, oh, shucks. Thanks, man, for that candid compliment. I appreciate it. <laughs> the compliment you gave yourself, and then I just affirmed it. Yeah, that's how they. That's how they happen to good old scabs here. That's how they. I got to <laughs> give them to myself, and then ask people to affirm them, and then they happen. That's, you God, know. you're terrible. That's that's the old enterprise customer service uh, take. You know. Excellent, Excellent customer, customer service. service. <laughs> I think that's about it. <laughs> I'll still sing that in in the office from time to time. It's it's something that I left to go to Kingston. I came back and that was a thing, and I immediately wanted to go back to Kingston. <laughs> Do you remember sitting on his couch and he yes. busted out the, yes. the guitar to practice it? Oh God, yeah. I do. <laughs> I remember him saving that to the little button. We have to stop reminiscing about this. These are not good memories. We need to shut these things away and lock them, lock them away. You know, the Irish method. The, <laughs> the Irish. All right. That's definitely if it. You put them on the bottom of a glass and always keep them, keep the whiskey keep it below on the whiskey. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. Say goodnight. Boys, say goodnight. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Gobble Gobble.